morning, friends. Good to be with you this morning. Um, I, I have a pretty simple prayer that um, when you walk out of service this morning, you will be able to say with absolute conviction, I have been blessed. And you'll say that because you watched a baptism and um, you've been blessed by the thought of what God does for parents and for children. You've been blessed because you heard a song about a storm passing by and you feel like you've been in the storm. You've been blessed because you heard a pastor praying for a part of our world that is broken and deeply in need of trouble. You've been blessed because there's been a word from the word of God, but in some way, maybe you've been blessed because somebody shook your hand this morning that hasn't uh, seen fit to shake your hand in a long time. In some way, my prayer is you'll be able to say with absolute conviction, I have been blessed. So let's pray. Oh, Father, we pray that you will bless us and that uh, we'll know we've been blessed. We'll be sensitive to it, responsive to it, and in turn, having been blessed, we'll spend the rest of the day and the rest of our lives being a blessing. In the name of Jesus, amen. So I was walking past the tomatoes at Pete's uh, two weeks ago, you know, the grocery store down the road, and um, I sneezed. And a woman said, bless you. I thought, that's nice. In fact, if somebody sneezes here this morning and I hear it, you know what I'm going to say, right? Bless you. Now, why would we do that? Why would we think that? Why would we say that? Uh, there is one story that's told about Pope Gregory in the 6th century who was dealing with an outbreak of the plague, a plague so severe that it would make COVID look like minor leagues, a plague that at one point was claiming from five to 10,000 deaths per day in the city of Constantinople alone. Pope Gregory was dealing with how he needed to respond to this plague that was wiping out entire villages and a good deal of the population for which he had responsibility. And he declared that the only way he could do so was to um, offer unceasing prayer for divine intervention and to encourage his people to do the same. And so he said, when you hear someone sneeze, because it was thought that a sneeze was the first sign of a plague that almost inevitably took someone's life, he said, when you, heard someone when you hear someone sneeze, you are simply to say, God bless you. And it is a prayer that God would bless that person with healing and spare them from the plague. Well, that may be. It's a... It's a pleasant thought. And it's even a pleasant thought to think that when I sneeze or you do, someone who doesn't know you would want to wish you a blessing that is something that is positive and something that's good. Why would we want to receive blessings? I mean, what is that all about? It's what I want to explore with you this morning. Why are there people in this world who are crying for a blessing? And why are some of us feeling so very blessed? And why are some of us wondering what this business of blessing is all about? And I want to uh, get at that subject with you by looking at the lives of two brothers, twin brothers. Uh, we read about their lives in the Bible. And let me tell you what's going on in the uh, passage before I read the passage to you. The two brothers 
The twins I'm talking about are Esau and Jacob, and they are the twin sons of Isaac and Rebekah. Isaac, dad, is getting old, and as we get older, there are certain things we prefer. Isaac is getting old, and he wants one more of his favorite dinners. It's the dinner that's made when his son goes out, shoots a deer, brings the venison in, and makes this incredible stew. So Isaac is thinking, I want to eat stew one more time before I pass. So he says to his son Esau, Esau is the outdoors kid, you know, the hunter, the fisherman, the one who's always outside. While Jacob is inside, sometimes cooking, we read about that in the Bible, probably playing with his Xbox or on his cell phone or whatever kids do inside. But uh, Jacob is inside with his mom. Esau is always outside with his dad. So Isaac says, Esau, I want you to go out and I want you to get some game and I want you to fix me some of that stew I really love. And if you do that, I'll give you a blessing. And Esau thinks this is his opportunity to be blessed by his father. Now, he should have expected the blessing would come to him because it is the culture of the Israelites. Isaac is, of course, a Jew and Israelite that the oldest son would receive the blessing from the father. So Esau's thinking he's going to get the blessing. He goes out the door. He's looking for game. He's going to fix his dad the stew. Rebecca, Isaac's wife, has been listening to the conversation. She's got a soft spot in her heart for her little boy, Jacob. Little because he's second born. Jacob. And she says to him, you know, your brother's going to get the blessing, but I think we can work it out so that you get it. So here's what you have to do. So she fixes some stew and then she dresses him up and makes him sound like, look like, smell like his brother Esau, gives him the stew and says, Jacob, you bring this into your dad. He won't know the difference. So Jacob brings the stew into Isaac, the stew that was supposed to come from Esau, the stew that was going to lead to the blessing. Jacob brings that stew to Isaac and Isaac says, well, you sound like Jacob but your skin feels like Esau and it is the stew I want. And so he blesses Jacob and he says to him, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. May God give you heaven's dew and earth's riches and abundance of grain and new wine. May nations serve you and bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers. May the sons of your mother bow down to you. May those who curse you be cursed and those who bless you be blessed. So Jacob, Jacob is blessed. And now we come to the word of God. Genesis 27, verse 30. After Isaac finished blessing Jacob, and Jacob had scarcely left his father's presence, his brother Esau came in from hunting. He too prepared some tasty food and brought it to his father, and he said to him, My father, sit up and eat some of my game so that you may give me your blessing. And his father Isaac asked him, Who are you? I'm your son, he answered, your firstborn Esau. Isaac trembled violently and said, who was it then that hunted game and brought it to me? I ate it just before you came, and I blessed him, and indeed he will be blessed. When Esau heard his father's words, he burst out with a loud and bitter cry, said to his father, Bless me, me too, my father. But he said, 
your brother came deceitfully and took your blessing. Esau said, isn't he rightly named Jacob? He deceived me these two times. He took my birthright, and now he's taken my blessing. And then he asked him, haven't you reserved any blessing for me? Isaac answered Esau, I've made him Lord over you and have made all his relatives his servants. I've sustained him with grain and new wine. So what can I possibly do for you, my son? And Esau said to his father, do you only have one blessing, my father? Bless me too, my father. And Esau wept aloud. His father Isaac answered him, your dwelling will be away from earth's riches, away from the dew of heaven above. You will live by the sword and you will serve your brother. When you grow restless, you will throw his yoke from off your neck. And Esau held a grudge against Jacob because of the blessing his father had given him. This is the word of the Lord. It's a bigger story, of course. The story of Jacob and Esau, this broken family, this dysfunctional group, these parents who each favor their favorite child in their own way. It's all part of a bigger story. It's part of a story of one who deceived his father so that he could be blessed. And one who deserved a blessing and never got it. One who cheated and got what he wanted and the other who didn't cheat but never got what he wanted. Each of them crying, bless me, bless me, bless me. Jacob crying it through his mother. Esau crying it with his own lips. Bless me, my father, bless me. They both wanted to be blessed. Why is that? Well, because they understood blessings perhaps in ways we do not. And yet, I'm convinced that deep within each of us, there is a God-given desire that is rooted in creation itself for the blessing of Almighty God. I think it is universal. I think it runs through every person in every race throughout the history of the world. A deep desire to be blessed by the creator of the one who brought all this into being. What is that desire? What is that blessing? What is that favor? To be blessed means to live with approval. If I give my blessing to a project, that means I approve of that project. If I give my blessing to a child, it means I approve of that child. I am saying that I favor him and wish him favorably in his or her life. When I bless them, I have a deep desire that the best be in store for them because they have met with my favor. Jacob, Esau, all of us long to be blessed because we all crave affirmation. We need somebody to say, good job, well done, it's going to be all right. We need someone to sing to us that the storm is going to pass and we are going to be okay. We need somebody to promise us that the future holds better for us than present moments might. We need to be blessed and desire to be blessed. Where does all that come from? What is the origin of that desire for blessing and the experience of it? Well, when we read the Bible, we come to Genesis chapter 1, the days of creation, and we find in Genesis chapter 1, verse 22, 
at the end of the fifth day of creation, when God has created living things, he blessed them. It's the first time in the Bible that the word is used. He blessed them. God blesses all living things. And what does that blessing mean? It means that all living things are to be fruitful and to multiply. They are to fill the earth that God has created. In other words, God favorably looks on life he has given and says, you are to be the source of filling this world that I have made. And then we look at verse 28 of Genesis chapter 1 which is the end of the sixth day of creation, when God has created man and woman in his own image, and once again, in an almost exact duplicate of the words at the end of day five, God blessed them and says to man and woman, be fruitful and multiply. So the blessing of God comes when life enters his world and is given the affirmation and the approval to continue the great work of bringing into being what God has started in creation, being fruitful and multiplying. The point of this is to say that sometimes we think blessings come into life because life is so miserable. That's not the case. Blessing has been brought into our world in a perfect world. It has always been God's design that his creatures and his creation be blessed. It's not something he thought up after we decided to sin. So my prayer for blessing isn't necessarily driven by a motivation to make everything right because everything's wrong in my life. My motivation for blessing is this deep ingrained understanding that we were designed, created, made by Almighty God to live with His blessing. It is a creation gift to be blessed by the Almighty. That's why our being a blessing in this world is such an incredible gift in this world. It is part of God's original design for all His creation. When we bless in this world, we are carrying out the Creator's desire for perfection in a world that never experienced sin. Now, and somehow in my mind, that, 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 that really does change the whole idea of what blessing is about. It's not to fix what's broken. It is to experience what is perfect. Bless me, my Father. It's a, it's a desire to live again in the perfection that God always intended for us that can only now be brought about by being blessed in Jesus Christ. So, how is that blessing communicated? How does God bless and how do we bless? How's that experienced? Well, uh, I think if we understand or look at the two words in the Bible that are most frequently used for blessing, we get some understanding of it. In the Old Testament, in the Hebrew language, it comes from the root word barak, B-R-K. Only syllables in the Hebrew alphabet, no vowels, right? Barak. And the root meaning of that word barak or baruch means to bow. It is translated blessing but it comes from the root word to bow. And now I understand why when Jesus in Matthew chapter 5 in the Sermon on the Mount begins these incredible descriptions of what it is to be blessed, he begins by saying, blessed are the who? The poor in spirit. Because blessing is deeply linked to humility. 
Blessing isn't what I deserve. Blessing isn't what I've earned for myself. Blessing is something given to me even though I don't deserve it. And I know I don't deserve it. And Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit, the spiritually poor. And he goes on to say, blessed are the meek, those who understand their state of spiritual poverty. Blessing is fundamentally a gift given to the humble. I'm, I'm really sensitive to the, word, the way the word blessing is used in the world today. And yesterday, as I'm watching some sports news, I, I saw one of the NBA's uh, players say, I'm, I'm just blessed to know that. And then he went on to describe some of the things that he was capable of doing. And I thought, now, what are you really saying? Are you saying that you are blessed because you can? Or are you really saying, I'm blessed because there is a creator who looked at this kid and said, I am going to invest in you some gifts that are going to make you one of the most important and uh, capable basketball players on the face of the earth. If it's the latter, then he really does understand what it is to be blessed, to receive from God what only God can give. A blessing is that which is received in humility. In the New Testament, the word for blessing is eulogetos. And uh, it sounds a little familiar because we get the word eulogy from it, right? A eulogy is a word well spoken, often at the funeral service of someone we love. A eulogy is saying something positive about the person who has passed. Eulogetos. So a blessing is a spoken word. It's something we hear, something that we are able to remember because it is heard. Blessings are spoken in Genesis chapter 27 when Isaac speaks to Esau and he speaks to Jacob. It comes through words. We understand the power of words and the power of being blessed by words. Is there anything... Uh, uh, is, is there any desire in me deeper than that desire to one day hear the voice of Almighty God say to me, well done, good and faithful servant, Bert DeYoung? I'd never, he would never say that because I deserve it. But I believe that he could say that because there is one who has paid a price for me and given me what I cannot earn and what I do not deserve, and I receive that humbly and in gratitude before Almighty God. I long to hear that word of affirmation from the creator of the universe. Blessed are you. You are blessed by Almighty God. The power of blessing through communication in a human community cannot be overstated. The ability to bless someone with a word is a gift that God has given every one of us. And there are some of us who are just longing for a word of blessing from somebody we love. And I'm thinking, how, uh, how's that experience in my own life? I consider myself blessed by words in my life. And I want to tell you, when I first realized that, to be blessed, that I've been blessed by words. The first 18 years of my life, when I lived at home in Kalamazoo, Michigan, with my seven brothers and sisters and my parents, on my birthday, I would come down the stairs and to the kitchen table, and everybody said the same two words on my birthday. You know, you know what they were? What, what do you think? No, it wasn't happy birthday. It was April Fool. Because I was born April 1. 
have any April Fools in the, yeah, anybody else here with me? So I'd come down and without fail, you know, one of my seven brothers or sisters would say, April Fool, and there you go. And you'd think now hearing that for 18 years would scar you or leave you a little strange. Well, maybe it has, I don't know. Um, but I, I'm telling you, it hasn't done anything negative in my life because I heard the story of my birth from a mother who was much wiser than I often gave her credit for because my mother told me about the day I was born and she never mentioned the words April Fool. My mother said that you were born in April 1, 1945 in a little village south of Amsterdam in the Netherlands. It was the end of World War II. My father, who'd been living under the floor in the kitchen of our home, hiding from the German soldiers who were sweeping the, uh, who would come through town and pick up uh, people to send them off to the labor camps. My father, who had been picked up, had escaped from the labor camp, returned home and was living under the floor, got to come up from under the floor like the dead come back to life because the war was over. And I was born then. So when they thought, when she thought about the day of my birth, it was the day when the war ended. And she said it was a day when we had food. 1944-45 in the Netherlands is still known as the winter of hunger when thousands died because there was no food. My father raised flowers for a living. All of the tulip bulbs that he had raised for the following year were eaten by the villagers in the place they lived because they didn't have anything else to eat. People were starving to death, can you imagine? And in April, American transport planes, and I have a picture of these, I mean literally a photograph, a picture of these dropping food parcels by parachute into the village where we lived in April of 1945. So not only was a war ending, but there was food. And said my mother, you were born on April 1, 1945, which is Easter Sunday. Now, what do you think I remember about my coming into this world? I didn't have anything to do with any of that. But do you think I've been blessed by that story? Or do you think the words, you know, that were meant in good humor and all of that, scarred me in some way. I'm telling you that because there are some people in your life who need to hear something from you that will bless them, that will give them not only approval, but empower them for the rest of your life. And maybe there's something you need to say to a son or a daughter, a grandson, a granddaughter. Maybe you need to say something to your grandma or your grandpa, your dad or your mom. Maybe there's a word that someone is longing for that is a reflection of God's blessing at the very creation of the world, to be fruitful, to go out and be a blessing in this world. Blessing comes through words. Blessing also comes through touch. We read that um, Esau, or that Isaac says to his son Jacob, come here and kiss me. And later we read that Jacob, who was blessed by his father Isaac, when he is on his deathbed, has his sons come to him, and it says that on each to, for each of his sons, he lays his hand, his hand on their head, and he blesses them. 
you know, read about it at the end of the book of Genesis, right? It is the touch of a father on his deathbed to a son that conveys a sense of blessing. Now, touch does a lot of things in this world, and one of, one of the horrors of sin in our world is that touch that can be intended by God as a blessing is perverted by the evil one into abuse. And there are no doubt people in this room who experienced physical abuse, that is, a touch that has been a curse in their life. While all of us are longing for that sense of touch, that feeling, a nudge, a handshake, a squeeze, just a hug, something that says, I bless you. I bless you. A way of being touched that says God himself approves and empowers. You know, uh, watching the baptism this morning, you think of what, what uh, Pastor Matthew said, right? Jesus himself took the children in his arms. In his arms. This is Jesus who is the flesh of God, came in a body so that he could be touched and he could touch us. And he blessed them. The blessing of touch. The blessing of a word. This world is longing for, and all of us are longing for, a deep sense of God's approval and empowerment. We need it. We want it. And we want to pass it on through us into others. All around us, people are asking, bless me, bless me, I need it. They don't all deserve it, but we all need it. At the end of this service, just a moment, we're going to sing another song, and then um, we're going to have a blessing, right? I mean, every service ends that way here. And in the blessing, the pastor uh, raises his hands, and it's as though he wants to reach out and touch. And he's not doing this because he is um, something or somebody great. It's because God said to his servant, I want you to bless my people this way. You just bless them. And Jesus himself did this with his disciples. Read about it in the Gospels, right? Reaches out his hands and he blesses them. And um, the blessing of God is given as the last word to God's people before you leave this place and go out into the world. The question is, how do you receive that? So what I'm going to invite you to do this morning, and you don't have to make a big deal out of this, but um, why don't you adopt a posture of reception and simply um, hold your hands open like someone's going to give you something you really need. And the blessing of God flows from the hand of God to the hand and the heart and the lives of God's people. Not because you deserve it, but because you need it to live with the affirmation, the empowerment of the God who from the creation desires his people be blessed. Let's pray together. Father, we ask that you will bless us. We need it. Our souls are dry thirsty, like people in a dry and weary land, and we need to be refreshed, we need to be empowered, we need to be affirmed, we need approval. We need Jesus so badly, Lord God.
knowing that in and of ourselves, um, we, we don't deserve a blessing. We're no better than Jacob. Some of us have uh, lived our own life our own way, and it's brought us to places we don't like. And you don't like it either. We just pray that you will turn us toward you. And that with a word of blessing that you've always intended for your children from the day that you created us, we may live seeking your approval and bringing it into our world. Give us, God, that words that bless other people. Give us, God, hands and actions that bless others so that we who are blessed may in turn be a blessing in the name of Jesus. Amen.